Hi, this is Anthony Hitt. I'm excited to be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you've been coming to Inman Connect. Now, Connect is coming to you. Find details at Inman.com. Hi, this is Brad Inman with my Daily Dispatch. My first business was called Bucket and Brush Brothers when I was 12 years old. My younger brother Jeff and I washed retail storefronts in my tiny town in Southern Illinois. Some lessons. Pick a scalable enterprise. Do not go into business with your family and make sure the water is boiling hot and add some white vinegar. Today, I'm really lucky to have an executive who runs a very, very scalable business. Realty Franchise Services President and CEO, John Payton. Welcome, John. How are you doing? I'm great, Brad. Thanks for having me. These podcasts that you've been doing since all this started have been fabulous for keeping all of us in touch and connected. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, it's, uh, it's been a joy for me because I actually, as you know, in this time, you get to spend some quality time almost re-meeting people or knowing people better, um, not this uh, in-passing conversations that we used to have. Um, John, you, you've had a pretty powerful personal experience with COVID-19. I don't think our community really knows the story. Can you share uh, with, with the Inmate community what, what you've personally gone through lately? Sure. So um, I'm a survivor. My, my wife and my son and I all tested positive uh, four weeks ago. Um, and it's just, Brad, it's just like you read about. Um, so my son came home from college. We picked him up uh, mid-March and he had a, a cough and a little bit of a fever. And he told us because, you know, he's the brilliant 19-year-old boy that he was just hung over. And, um, you know, a day later, he had a fever. The day after that, my wife had the fever. The day after that, I had the fever. And uh, we all tested positive. The, the good news in, in, here in Connecticut was, unlike what we hear in many parts of the country, testing was very easy to get. Um, and we got our results pretty quickly. Um, the virus itself isn't fun. You know, the, the good news is none of the three of us had the respiratory issues. So, you know, we weren't hospitalized, didn't have trouble breathing. Um, and so we had what they call a moderate case. Um, it definitely, it runs for the 14 days, just like you hear about the dry cough, fever. And the worst part of it is incredible um, aches and pains in your, in, in your muscles and your joints. And my wife and I said it was like the virus had sharp little teeth and was just trying to gnaw its way out of your body. So like when you can't get comfortable and you can't sleep, uh, chills. And then the weird part is you lose your sense of taste and your sense of smell. Wow. So I still, I still can't um, taste very much. I put hot sauce on everything. Wow. And my, one of my favorite things is my, um, my grapefruit flavored and scented shampoo in the morning that I cannot smell at all. You don't need an air freshener in the bathroom. I, I can't <laughs> even, I have no idea what I smell like. I could not, I could not shower wow. for three days and no, I wouldn't know. But what's, How what's, scary what's, was that, John? I'm sorry to interrupt was, you. It was scary in the in the middle. So you it you it you have two or three days where you just feel kind of crappy, and then it hits you with the aches and the pains, and you know that um, some portion of the population the virus settles in your lungs and you end up in the in the hospital. And there were two nights when my wife and I were lying in bed together because we didn't have to distance ourselves because we both had yeah. it where your, your fever you know, is really bad, you're a little delirious, the aches and pains are awful, and you just sort of worry, like you wonder what will the next hour be and your mind plays tricks on you, right? Like, oh, um, 
am I not breathing, you know, and, and things like that. So there were two or three days that were, were scary just because of, of um, what we had heard about from others. Um, our doctor was amazing. So our doctor FaceTimed us twice a day to watch us breathe and, and listen to us breathe. Um, we had the little oximeters on our fingers to make sure that our numbers were always over 95. So we felt really well taken care of. Um, all you can do is drink water, take Tylenol and rest. Um, wow. It's incredibly draining from a sleep perspective. Realogy was terrific. So, you know, I, I, I literally had on my calendar, I was working sort of nine to 12, I could sort of sustain, um, you know, and it wasn't too bad. And then I literally had on my calendar blocked napping from 12 to three or 12 to wow. four. Like I couldn't so, make it to the day. So in that way, it's funny, the treatment then for you without being a special case was kind of like when we all have flu, you know, take Tylenol, drink it's water, a, sleep, try to sleep like you say you can, but more, but nothing like you've ever had, not like flu you've ever had, no, right? It's a, re, it's a really bad flu. Yeah. Um, the aches and pains were far worse. Um, and I think, I think what makes it, what makes it worse than the flu is the knowledge that some people end up in the hospital and will I be one of them? And, yeah. and that just, and that, you know, I caught it at a time when, um, I'm 52. Um, we had a, a 52 year old who I know of and great say personal trainer. He didn't make it. Yeah. Um, and so you ask yourself why? You know, why yeah. him and, yeah. and not me? Yeah. We're both fit. We're both fit. We're both healthy 52-year-olds. But it depends. I've been reading where the virus settles, you know, in your, between your throat, your lungs, et cetera. And sometimes it's just, it seems like it's luck. So uh, my 19-year-old son. Go ahead. I was going to say my 19-year-old son recovered more quickly, obviously, yeah. right? He's 30 yeah. years younger. So he was feeling much better um, in week three. My wife and I in week four into week five were still tired. This is the first week I've gone back to working out, you know, wow. I'm downstairs and on, on the treadmill and with some weights. Um, four, well, we're glad you're back, John. Four and a half weeks after. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I mean, you. I'm probably, it's probably too early, but any bout I've had that's, you know, life and death sort, you, you, you have a, um, some profound lessons from that. Uh, it'll be interesting. And I won't even put you on the spot about what that might be already, because I assume that'll happen maybe later. But uh, that must have been scary and, and probably scared you into some reflection that's probably pretty profound in your life. Some reflection. Uh, my daughter also came home from college, but couldn't come in the house. So she had to live wow. down the street for two and a half weeks. And just knowing that was a weird feeling, right? With three of us sick and one of us yeah. not. And that plays mind games. How did but she I think handle I, that? Was she okay? I mean, that must have been tough. My God. It was very hard. Lose you all. Very hard for her. Luckily for her, she has her father's emotional range, which is very narrow, unlike uh, her mother and her brother, who are, you know, a, a human emotion with feet. So I think that she yeah. probably repressed it all, Brad. I think that, but I really think that the reflection is what we're all reflecting on right now, right? Which yeah. is, which is it's 2020. We, we have satellites orbiting the earth, but yet we're all still, we're just animals and we're humans yeah. and we're susceptible to this virus the same way we would have been a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago. And um, I think it's made us all really uh, get back to basics. And even things like my kids are 22 and 19 and I never thought I'd be having family dinner seven nights a week with my kids again, ever. 
And I traveled in my career for 30 years. You know, I've been yeah. with Realogy for three and a half. I was at Starwood Hotels and consulting. I, I probably had dinner with my kids during the week, twice a week on average for 30 years. And for the last six weeks, it's been every night. And it's it's a gift, really, right? Both because of their age. And is, is it also maybe you'll rethink that? You know, you'll in the future, you'll go, how necessary is it that John Payton is handing the president of that small brokerage, that medal. I know it's really important to that small brokerage, but I watch Sherry, Chris, and your other colleagues, and I'm just like, really? Do you need to go to all those things physically? I mean, it makes you just wonder about the prioritization of some of those, not only in our lives, but, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just randomly asking a question, because I know all my franchise executives' friends are constantly out Constantly uh, touch it, touching the flesh, um, and I kind of get it, but uh, I just wonder if some of the like everything. There's some things that will change permanently, right? Yeah, I think I think there's the um, two two related things probably change as a result of this, right? One is one is connections to families and friends. I think become even more important after something like this. I think we're getting to the point, particularly on the east and west coasts, where everyone knows someone who's been infected it's hard to it's hard to not know somebody at this point um and uh, i think whether whether you're in the business of visiting a franchisee or you're you're a uh, consultant visiting a company or a banker visiting a client i think everyone's going to ask themselves one extra time do i need to get on the flight for this particular trip or can i stay home and yeah. but what that's what that's being enabled by is the way you and i are talking right now exactly and um the the technology, at least from Realogy's perspective, has been remarkably good. We use Teams. We've invested in it before the crisis. Um, uh, Zoom like this. So the technology is working really well. Yeah. And I think we're all learning that face-to-face -face contact will still be important. I still yeah. think, you know, brand events are important. I still think salespeople need to see their customers. However, we'll also be able to mix in interactions like this in a way with much more confidence than we could before. Well, it occurs to me that maybe the ceremonial stuff is still really important. What may not be as important is getting on a plane to have that meeting to resolve a conflict or to close a deal or, you know, to, to make something happen. Um, we can do it like this. I mean, whereas someone that's in trouble or needs a bear hug or needs celebration, we may put a premium on that. I'm just riffing here. I have no clue. Um, the one thing I've been saying, I'm curious what you think. Function of Emmy, Inman was pounding the pavement about the automated transaction and creating a better consumer experience and automated closing, virtual showings. I didn't really. That's just all happening. We're getting rid of the process that'll make it easier. The second thing I've noticed, right? Tell the story. My realtor shows up here with a bag in the front, rings the bell, doesn't bother me with no expectations, no email. And in that bag is something he knows I need or want. And I actually think that local realtor that has been like that, like my realtor, many of them have in the image community. So oddly enough, we were pounding, pounding, pounding about technology adoption. And now it's happening. And the second thing, I think the, the role the realtors reinforce, we might come out of this, the realtor's stronger, a better consumer experience, and I'm always an optimist, um, and, and I hope that sticks. Uh, what do you think? 
Look, I, 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 I agree with everything you said. And, and I believed that the realtor was, 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 is, and always will be necessary before the crisis started. And while consumers can search for homes online, and we know that hundreds of millions of people look for homes, but only a few million people buy homes, right? So, so searching online is fun and the way you start. But, but you know, an online search cannot do what a human being does on the ground in terms of preparing a home, counseling, coordinating bankers, coordinating painters, coordinating you know, plumbers. Um, and it, it is a human activity on the ground, very local, that requires expertise that, that the internet um, can't deliver. And I think even with the tools we're seeing today, the, the virtual tools that we're seeing today, I think it'll make um, agents more productive. Um, and I think, it'll, I think ultimately they'll probably be able to earn more money by embracing these tools. But I still think that it's a, it's a human transaction, not just because we often, it's often a cliche, right? We say it's the largest, most stressful, most financially you know, taxing transaction that somebody will make, um, but it's also very complicated. Um, and there's a lot to coordinate. And I don't think that what we're learning now makes that go away. I think it really enhances the role that the realtor plays. Hi, this is Laura Monroe, and I'm excited I may be coming to your home soon. For 25 years, you've been coming to us for Inman Connect. Now we're coming to you. Sign up for Inman Connect now, June 2nd to June 4th at Inman.com. Let me ask you this. One of the things that uh, these kind of things do is, you know, kind of exposes the emperor has no clothes. Is that the expression? Something like that. Um, yes. And we had a lot of companies, you know, kind of beating their chest before this. And I don't want to, you know, call anyone down because I think everybody's doing their best. But do you see any, uh, with the transparency of COVID and the challenges of running a business, you know, whether it's NRT finally closing all those damn offices that seemingly now aren't quite as necessary, or whether it be someone beating their chest about their latest round of $100 million, or whether by someone saying, I own a consumer, um, it, it seems like there's a level playing field now more. It's like we're starting again from zero, kind of in a strange sort of way, and particularly after this is over, where the old companies have adopted technology and the new companies are, um, you know, realizing the personal relationship. I mean, the reality of that bag in my front, it wasn't Zillow, it wasn't Realtor.com, you know, it wasn't DoorDash, it wasn't Open Door, it was a realtor. Um, and I have this idea that maybe the playing field is going to be more level when we come through this in a certain sort of way and what becomes important in success and competition and business might change that was a long rambling question john i apologize but it you know i, I threw a lot in there so i i think that what you're describing started before the crisis and is accelerating during the crisis and um and and i'll even you know Kudos to you. I think at the conference we had most recently in New York, the Inman conference, as well as the, um, the CEO Connect there, I thought the conversation this year started to reflect what you just said, which is it wasn't the prior couple of years, it had been about startup, 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 disruptor, 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 new thing, new thing, new thing. And I think the conversation that we had this year as an industry, both at your at main stage as well as at CEO Connect, was that was that there are there are legacy companies, if that's what we want to call, you know, Realogy and Remax and KW, that have been doing this for a really long time and know how to do it well. Um, 
and have and are making an investment in technology that complements right the highly skilled work that their agents and brokers do. And I think to your point, the startup companies or the disruptors are who started with a technology orientation are now you know engineering backward toward the people component um, and the learning and the communication the connection and so i i really do believe that while realogy is not a technology company that happens to be real estate we are a real estate company that embraces technology and i think there's a difference there but i think the companies that succeed in the future will be real estate companies who embrace technology if you don't embrace technology you're not going to succeed and what we're seeing during the virus is the acceleration of particularly virtual technology and communication technology that I think will clearly um, survive the, the virus. You know, it's interesting. I, I love real estate. I've bought too much over the years, but I love it. And I've always used an agent. But at times I kind of, you know, the agent wasn't that useful or kind of unnecessary. Now I probed around looking at what's going to happen. I'm not going to jump on anything right away, but probably down the road, maybe through the summer or the fall, I will. But now more than ever, like I went by a sign the other day, a Zillow sign for um, instant offer. They're, it's one of their listings on the market. <clears throat> and I could have gone to the online experience, but what I'd really want is some color. You know, how desperate is the seller? And I, I'm not a predator, but you know, what is their situation? how long is, you know, I can find out how long it's been on the market online, but you know, what are the price adjustments? When, when's another price? I'm, I actually would want more color now, particularly yeah. when the market changes. When the market's not changing, eh, information is pretty, you know, it's all the same. But when a market's changing more than ever, you want to ask someone, you know, like my realtor here, Byron, he knows every house, every, every listing, he knows the history, who owned it, when they owned it, where they're at, whether they flew off to Mexico, how desperate they are, are they willing to rent it? Have there been tenants? He just knows everything. And now more than ever, I think buyers and sellers will need that color commentary. My, my father-in-law um, passed away a few months ago, pre-virus. Um, I'm sorry. And, and thank you, but uh, uh, lived a long, wonderful, wonderful, fruitful life. Um, however, we're now selling his condo up in, in West Haven, Connecticut. And he lives in a he lives lived in a development with you know 200 townhouses that were more or less the same. There were eight or nine models of each. Um, we worked, of course, with a Caldwell Banker agent up there. And you know his response to my wife, who he's been working with, was, you know, I've sold eight I've sold eight units in that development. This is what's for sale there. He's got this corner unit with this exposure. There's only three of them in the entire place. This is how you market it. It's Yale professors, it's, 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 it's the doctors at New Haven Hospital, and you can't get that online, right? That's, yeah. that's the, that is the advice that a local expert can, can gave her um, in terms of how to market it, um, setting expectations about you know, where his unit falls relative to others, how well-maintained it was, and you, you can't get that online. And, and that's why um, I believe humans will always be a part of the process. Let me ask you a tougher one just on your business. And I know you're coming into earnings season, so you can't comment fine on some of this, but uh, Realogy has this debt hangover that you all inherited and no fault of Richard Smith. It goes way back, you know, to someone that took a lot of money out of the company and put debt on Realogy. And that worked in good times. It was really tough during the, the national recession. It still hangs over you guys. It was a straight jacket that, that Ryan and you all inherited. Um, the business, despite that, 
um, are you guys okay? Are you going to come through this? Are you going to be strong? And um, how are you kind of meeting those unusual business challenges that you all face? Yeah, the answer is uh, yes, that we're going to come through it and the business is strong. I can't, because we have our announcement, our earnings announcement coming up, I can't talk specifically about the first quarter. But what I can tell you is just the same advice that we give all of our brokers is the advice that we followed um, six, seven weeks ago heading into this. So um, Realogy looked at all of our expenses. We looked at our people expenses. We looked at our um, benefit expenses. We looked at our leases. We looked, you know, we looked at our technology expense. And we made um, um, what I think were aggressive and early cuts in order to make sure that we had the strength to survive um, uh, the crisis. But most importantly, I think we did a couple of things, Brad, because we've made some assumptions. You know, one is um, we primarily reduced our headcount via furlough, not via, you know, layoff, the permanent elimination of jobs, because we do believe that unlike 08 and 09, we think that the market will recover more quickly than we saw a decade ago. And we wanna be able to bring our employees back. Um, and it also enabled us to pay for their health insurance. Um, they have their computers. And so, you know, I, we think that was the right thing to do at, at a time like this. You know, and the second thing we did is because we've, we have made prudent decisions around expenses, we didn't turn off the spigot. So we're continuing to invest in new product development, in technology, in new partnerships. Um, during the crisis, because we think that um, we want to be prepared to own the upswing. And yeah. so we, we couldn't invest in everything we were investing in before, but we didn't go to zero. You know, and I, I admire that about the decisions our CEO made in terms of um, we've got to make sure that we are on the other side of this ready to run and yeah. keeping our, our, particularly our technology investments and our new partnerships and our lead gen, um, all of that work continues so that we, we can own the upswing when it comes. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, Richard Smith was big into technology during the dot-com boom and really invested heavily in it. And then he got sideswiped by a whole bunch of things. Um, but then the national recession hit and just as Zillow and many other people were, you know, getting up and going, he was strangled by that debt and couldn't keep up with the innovation, I think, that was going on. I think that really hurt Realogy. That's just me doing color commentary here. Um, what you just said is you're not going to do that again. You're not going to be, when this is through, having to sit back on your heels um, because you're positioning the business so you can, you know, as I say at Inman, we need to preserve the infrastructure so that we're in a winning position when we come through this. And we've been lucky and haven't laid off people, but uh, or furlough them, but um, it's uh, it's key that you get through this because there's a lot of opportunity on the other side. You got to be yeah, ready for I, it. You got to be ready for competition and new technology. I I think I think there's there's different attitudes that one can take during a crisis, right? One one attitude is shutter the windows, tape the doors, and just and ride it out. Um, but I also think, and Realogy has this perspective, many companies do, is that in a crisis there is also opportunity. Um, and that you've got to make prudent decisions, but there for our local companies, there are, you know, M&A and acquisition opportunities. Um, you know, for agents, there's opportunities to acquire new clients. Um, and for Realogy, there's an opportunity to continue to invest in what we think is going to make a difference um, coming out of it. And so, um, uh, you know, I don't want to be as flippant as saying, don't let a good crisis go to waste, because that's yeah. not the intention here. It's really right. making sure that 
is that we, you plan your actions during a crisis that are both defensive and offensive. And I think the companies that come out strongest will do both. Yeah, you just nailed it there. Well, let me just say, John, you've been a breath of fresh air to the industry when you came into it. You're, you're optimistic, you're enthusiastic, but you're realistic and you're, you're tech savvy. And um, I know the Inman community always really likes you. Um, you know, we have our Connect Now conference coming up in June. I think we're going to have you on stage there, and we're really excited about Realogy's involvement in that. Any last words for the Inman community? Any words of wisdom or uh, any, personal or otherwise? The, the, the virus, whatever. Um, so, so personal, I'm feeling fine. Thank you for asking. And I think it's important to share with, with, with um, your listeners that, that um, we hear about a lot of the terrible outcomes, but there are many, many, many good outcomes. Um, and, you know, my family and I are, are, are one of them. Um, I also think I just want to say for any Realogy employees, just to be super, super clear, I caught the virus after we closed the offices and I was never in the office. So no one at Realogy had any um, risk of being exposed. It was after my son came home from college. Um, but I think, I think I really wanted to conclude with where you started, which is around how um, connections and communications have evolved, but really how important they are right now. You know, and what we're seeing is when we do our broker calls, we do our agent calls, we've been doing a series of information sharing for independents, um, companies that are not aligned with any brand, and we're getting three to 400 companies a call every week that are just craving information. And we're providing information about, you know, the CARES Act or PPP or which banks are more favorable than others for independent contractors. And so um, at a time like this, people need to feel a sense of community. And um, I, I think that um, this podcast is an example of that. Almost every one of our owners tells me that they're doing daily sales meetings now, virtually, and they've never had attendance like this before in their you know, decades of working. So another silver lining in the crisis is I think that people will feel more connected. And I really think that, that connections, those connections will continue post-crisis. Oh, that's good. Well, uh, listen, gang, I'd like to uh, thank John Payton, um, a star of the real estate industry. Thank you, John, for sharing the personal stuff. That's, uh, and we're glad you came through it. We're glad your family came through it and, and how responsibly you handled it all. Um, and don't ever blame your son. It wasn't his fault. Just think what we did in our 20s. <laughs> but, I, might, I, might every, I might every now and then. I'm sure you'll poke him a little. When he's, when he's <laughs> sleeping through one of his virtual college classes, I might remind him, yes. Yeah, our hungover, and I remember the last one. Anyway, that, that was really good stuff. So, uh, hey, gang, this is Brad Inman checking out my daily dispatch. Um, tune in again when we, we conquer another interesting interview with someone that we love in the industry.